edited out stuff that I don't think is like interesting. But what I think is interesting is like biased or offensive. What do I give a fuck about offending anyone? No, I mean like I don't know how to explain this very well. I have to listen to it, so I have to find it interesting, right? Sometimes I'll say shit, and I was like, no one cares, dude. Why you put it in there? So I'll delete it. It's like this silence right now, I would probably edit this out because it's boring. <laughs> yeah. The silence is deafening, and it's uh, killing us. Or whatever no, it's the saying. No, you had it right. This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Loki Jarson. Here with me again is my in-real-life brother, uh, Lord Master on YouTube, also known as Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Loki Jarson. It's been two months, which the last time we did a podcast, it was also two months. Well, this is the two-month two month bi-monthly. It's not bi-monthly because that means twice a month. Yeah, whatever. Uh, what's on the agenda for today? Let's do a rundown. Oh, plenty of things. Uh... Such as? I mean, for starters, and I know it's that time of the podcast again, where first thing we talk about some strategy game before we get into the, you know, mainly console games. Yeah, go ahead. Um, last time we talked um, in depth of, of the two uh, DLCs from Crusader Kings 3, which such as Northern Lords and some of the Royal Court, which... By the way, when we did the last podcast, we originally thought it was going to be released on November or December. Mm. But no, they they decided to push it back. Okay, so let's keep a running tally, shall we, of things that have been delayed during this show. <laughs> so, so you could say originally I would have been doing this series right now and we wouldn't be talking right now. But no, it hasn't happened yet. So instead, the new... Uh, it wasn't new, it's just they finally announced the release date of the Royal Court D- DLC of Crusader Kings 3, which will be on February 8th, 2022. There's like 15 games coming out in February, plus DLC. So it's a packed month for being so short. Yeah, but at least it'll be uh, it'll be quite a dandy. Is this one of those leap years? No. 22 is not a leap year? Every U.S. election year is a leap year. That's not helpful. That's another indicator. That's not helpful because those are four years long. Every election cycle is four years long. Um, and, and to some, five. So, what have you been doing instead of playing that? We'll see. Well, two uh, ongoing Crusader Kings 2 series. I'm still in the old game because of current commitments. Not to mention having a bit of fun with one series. Which the first one is the ongoing Republic of Amalfi series, a southern Italian merchant republic where I even used a mod that has the little own flavor events that relates to the Amalfi Coast and the Republic itself. <laughs> we are a Longobard culture, yet to become Neapolitan. You know, the, the guys that were synonymous with southern Italians were yet those same southern Italians that live in America these days. 
Well, not the same. This is where most of them came from. The descendants. That doesn't mean they're the same. This is the same conversation we had before. Yeah. It's like, oh, um, the descendants of the Avar, which doesn't mean anything in 2021. Anyways. Uh-huh. And, uh... And the other is series, which was in hiatus, but decided to return to it, and that's the, uh, the Sogdia series, as part of the When the World Stopped Making Sense overhaul mod, which is set during the late antiquity. Basically, right after the fall of the Western Roman Empire and prior to the early Middle Ages. So it's in between. So that's what I've been doing lately, instead of waiting for that. Royal Core DLC to come out, which I'll finally start that series uh, starting on February. In which I will tell you a few other uh, features that they will add in that upcoming update. One of which we didn't have time to discuss that in the previous podcast, but I will only bring about four little things and we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing is uh, minor titles. Back in CK2, minor titles is just a way of saying it's like. Oh, this courtier or this vassal, it's like if I want to make this guy a little more happy instead of bribing him by sending him money or something to make him feel pleased, well, then just give him a minor title, just a slight increase of opinion, which, which basically didn't mean much, except for the court physician, court tutor position, and, uh, and depending on what culture or government you are, such as, as I was a merchant republic, you need three state inquisitors, you know, guys who are the judges, <laughs> similar to the Republic of Venice with the Council of Ten. When you say inquisition, it usually means something a little more violent. Yeah, state inquisitors. <laughs> That's for a matter of justice in the state rather than one's faith or culture. <laughs> that, again, just a minor title in secret, which didn't mean much other than... It's like, okay, here's an increased opinion, and here's a small monthly salary, and your monthly prestige gain. <laughs> it's, it's almost like me saying, come on, lads, the job pays well. But now, here in the upcoming expansion, the uh, minor titles, which they mean a lot more now, which allows you positions such as a, uh, a seneschal, that's S-E-N-E-S-C- I, I, I know what a seneschal is, yes. Okay, what is that? Exactly. It's like a vizier. A vizier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As compared to, again, um, Persian-Arabic cultures where Grand Vizier is the equivalent of Prime Minister or Chancellor. Well, that's what it is then. Then say Prime Minister, that's even better. Or representation. It's the guy who handles like the day-to-day boring crap. Uh-huh. And of course, um, I mean, the the court physician was already there um, ever since CK3 came out, but now they made a slight change to that. It says, yes, it's their job to take care of you and the courtiers and possibly the, the person himself, even those who got wounded in battle. I remember in my old Bactria series, a spinoff of the Asturias series, where I had one of my knights, so to speak, also be a court physician, so he's our combat medic, and he was able to treat the wounds of our knights that got wounded in battle, and, and they're right back up in the front line. And it increased his, you know, physician skill. Just increased his learning skill, so we can say he's a real good medic, so to speak. But now they have the changes to the said minor tells, like the physician. Now they have... Now you have to pay attention to the skills of not just learning, but a few other things, just to see what kind of level of 
aptitude it has. And as well as adding a bit of the base court grandeur and monthly court grandeur change because we talked about the throne room and a few other things in the previous. And added more such as bodyguards where you can hire up to two bodyguards at the same time. They don't provide any passive modifiers like the other positions but they do have two fairly powerful bonuses such as prevent assassination attempts on you and they reduce the risks of participating in battles as long as you partake in the same battle together with your bodyguard and you can appoint your knight as one of your bodyguards as well why wouldn't but you just be have them do all the fighting and you do none fighting <laughs> yeah i mean why on earth would a king be leading a battle if he's a real good administrator yeah that doesn't that never happened in real well and it did happen and in the cases it did happen the king died it was around the Napoleonic Wars. That was the last instance of kings leading battles, uh, leading troops in the battle. Yes, yeah, so and then forever it's like, okay, you're a general. You no longer have to be in the battle. Yeah, and let the guy who run the country do some administrating. He doesn't need to go out and get a sword or a gun to, to prove his manliness or what tactical mind he has. But also beware, those bodyguards that you appoint are also very powerful agents should they join a scheme against you, depending on their opinion towards you. Like if that bodyguard that you hired hates your guts so much, then he's likely to be an agent for a possible assassination plot. Well, they should pay him better. It actually happened to a one Indian prime minister, got assassinated by their own bodyguard. But that's a different reason. And the other uh, court positions include the food taster, which you know what that's for, right? So the king doesn't get poisoned. Yeah, that, and also can also be a potential powerful agent in hostile schemes against you. But the food taster, besides, it reduces the chance of a hostile scheme against you because, you know, the guy's tasting the food. Well, just like a bodyguard. Unless the food taster poisons it. Yeah, and it says it also has the chance to stopping poison-themed murder plots against you, and also you lose more weight, uh, lose weight more quickly. Okay, a, a slight tangent about the poisoner thing. So in Hitman, you know that video game. The second game, you can poison people by giving them, putting a little thing in their drink, and they drink it and they die instantly because it's magic. One of the targets you do this to has a food taster. So if you put poison in it, they'll taste the food first and they'll die. And it's like, well, no, you're under arrest. So you have to wait until after the the taster has tasted. Then you then you put the real poison in, and then the target drinks it. And then they die. That doesn't happen in Crusader Kings. Uh I've uh, I've uh, the last series I've done was mostly a long time ago, especially during the early part of the series where I've done a lot of intrigue, a lot of assassinations. I was on a streak, an assassination streak, but it's for specific. I'm not just killing some random ones; only killing the important ones that's important to our dynasty because we're trying to spread our dynasty around the region. So we were just picking and choosing rather than it's like ah we're not we're just not assassinating somebody because we had a disagreement one time. Not that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And other um, minor title court positions also include um, a court gardener. You know, guy takes care of your garden and also adds Is this development. Is necessary in a mod? 
No, that's all in the upcoming DLC. Oh, and sorry. also, it's for certain cultures who happen to have a cultural tradition of garden architects, where rulers can construct royal gardens and uh, have the decision to recruit characters as a gardener trait. Um, but I don't know what culture in the world that's into gardening big time, because the only Babylon. one that's synonymous with me... The what? Babylon. Oh. Obviously, they went extinct right before the Middle Ages. Um, well, it's because they're gardeners. At least, at least their language. Persians were also well-known gardeners. Even the Achaemenid Persian emperors, they aspired to be gardeners during their free time, despite their internal conquests. And, of course, we can't, couldn't show off the court positions without showing the court jester, complete with the jester's outfit. And the stupid little bell hat, yeah. Yeah, all that, <laughs> All those bells and whistles. Which, of course, you can only put that on to a character whom you probably don't like and you decide, hey, let's be a dick with him and he be the jester, be amused or whatnot. And as well as having the possibility for stress-relieving events. Let's just leave that there. Yeah. And, of course, uh, we mentioned Garner is one of culture-specific if they happen to have the tradition. And as well as if you happen to be living in the... British Isles area, especially in England, they have the Keeper of the Swans. Hmm? Any idea why would they keep swans? Because they're nice looking birds. I don't, I don't, they're fucking terrors. If you've ever seen like the beak of a swan, it's got like a little tiny, they're not really teeth, but it's like things that they tear. Swans are oh. awful. They will kill each other like by breaking each other's necks. Like just a big old beak and go... No, no, like they'll wrap their own neck around another neck. Man. They're like dolphins. Everybody's like, oh, it's so it's such a romantic animal. No, they're murderers. They'll kill you. They're, they're nice to people, but not nice to each other. Dolphins are not nice to people. No? No. Anyways, um... <laughs> they try a lot of stress-relieving techniques on people, let's say that. <laughs> other than be amused by some joker... What else is in this DLC? Uh, language and uh, court language. Um, like we mentioned briefly about that, uh, because I threw out an assumption about you may learn somebody else's language. Well, now you can in that upcoming uh, DLC, which each culture has their own native language, obviously. And at its very core, they affect the baseline acceptance between cultures. And if two cultures share the same language pillar, they like each other better. In other words... Um, Spanish and Italian. Yeah, they may get along better. But I believe um, in the game they use two different terminologies. Now that you mention those two. Iberian and Italian. Two separate things. And, uh, and I'm sure in the uh, German-speaking areas um, they know a lot more better because not everybody spoke German back in medieval times. They were separate by dialects. And so um, they give you a scheme to learn the language because there's the intrigue scheme, there's the personal scheme, now there's a learned language scheme, a separate thing, I believe. Which is basically, if you, depending on your learning skill and a few other things, and you got free time, let's learn a language. Let's other do a than, lingo. yeah, in which, uh, <laughs> which again, the learned language is a learning based scheme, um, which is chances of success are. Depends on how scholarly your character is. Uh, it's available for everyone, even young children who have a vastly increased chance of success slash progress by the virtue of being young, less tired, and 
having working brains. I think that's the truth. And then also in the other minor title is a court tutor, uh, which they also help you with the increased scheme power to learn a language and improves education outcomes for your children. That's a separate thing. And as well as you find bonuses for the scheme added throughout the existing lifestyle trees, you know, perks. Like like we remember when we first talked about the game the first time. Like a, compared to the Skyrim with the level up and get the perks, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing for languages. Uh, not saying language perks. I'm just saying the perks that you pick up also contributes to that little branch a bit. And of course, along the way, there's going to be events to say, like, like you kind of lost your patience to learn your language. Like, do you want to try again? Do you want to uh, take a less of an effort or just drop it at all? <laughs> and... Uh, and each average character is allowed to have at least um, the average of two foreign language limits. I mean, you got your native language, and you can learn up to two more. And uh, though there is a perk that they give you another slot, which makes you look like a polyglot. Like a what? Polyglot. A multitude of languages. Oh, okay. A guy who has knowledge of many languages. Fluently, I may add. And, uh, of course, if a character exceeds their foreign language limit, they're going to start getting events that it's going to overwhelm it, just to say that you might forget the forget a language or a few words or just gain stress and all that. Which is similar to how we handle characters of having too many lovers. It's stressful. It seems very arbitrary. Because there are people, like, in real life who could memorize, who could be fluent in, like, eight languages, but they don't have brain stress from knowing too many languages. Yeah, but we don't know how the average human mind back in those times worked. Sure we do. There it's the same since the beginning. Just technology has changed. Brains haven't changed. They're as stupid as ever. Uh-huh. And plus, books aren't as widely available as people think. Books and scrolls. It's, it's one of those things where, like, everyone knows, quote-unquote, that, oh, people back then didn't live as long and nobody could read. It's like... Kind of, but they lived longer than we gave them credit for, and then more people were literate outside of this little bubble in fucking England. Yeah, because we've mentioned about the technology medieval times where it was Byzantine Empire, Arabian Empire, and India were more sophisticated. It's just Western Europe for a period of time wasn't as yeah, much. Yeah, but it, it was all happening at the same time. So whenever someone is like, oh, this is the medieval era when everyone died at the age of 30 and nobody could read, it's like, that's only in this tiny area of the stupid island of England and its territories. It's just a misconception that people still did to this yeah. day. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and of course, when you learn the language all the way to you accomplish it and you learn that fluently, then uh, another foreign culture, whether if they live outside it or inside of your country, they may look at you more respectively, not only in opinion, but also cultural acceptance if you are ruling a, a multicultural uh, kingdom or empire. Especially the Byzantine Empire, which not everybody here was Greek. Yeah, and... Uh, and of course, what would you do with the said, you know, language that you learned? It's like not only you impress the vassals and your friends, or in this case to your enemies by sending them an insult with their own words instead of a need of an interpreter, uh, which 
is already the case ever since the beginning of the game and in CK2, <laughs> since learning a language is not a thing back then in that game, anyhow. And uh, we've mentioned about the court language, which, you know, it's like, yeah, you may learn a few languages, but are you speaking the, the language of the court? <laughs> As a way of saying, it's like... Political savvy. Yeah. And I was reminded of an old uh, Three Stooges joke um, where um, they did a Three Stooges sword. I don't know if you remember this. It's the one where they parodied the Nazis and the axes and whatnot. Uh, remind me. Where, um, where they were playing pool and, uh, and Moe Hailstone. Yeah. And he says, you never speak that word in this house. Yeah, one would think that. Um, like, imagine if you are a vassal, you speak your own language, and yet you do not know the language that's belonged to the Cortus, who may... And there is a chance that it's like, yeah, you may not know the language of that guy you are serving under, but yet the guy you serve under also speaks a different language because he has to speak that court language because of that guy's court language. Sounds like a pain in the ass as most things with this game. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I mentioned... The um, the upcoming Avar series, where I would be vassal to the Bulgarians, which means the court language would be Bulgarian, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the map mode, as it shows on the preview images, actually not the case. The court language of the Bulgarians is Greek, because proximity with the Byzantine Empire. So, you have to learn that language and uh, the, the court language and whatnot, just to have a little more respect. And of course, whenever you form your own independent kingdom or empire, you can choose your own native language to make it the court language. And as well as the possibility to spread that court language to all the other independent realms if, if you are that influential. You may never know if the entire European, no, Eastern Europe continent, subcontinent, speaks Greek as a court rather than whatever else. And once again, I'm going to ask the same question I asked last time you brought something like this up. You're the guy in charge. Force everyone to speak the same languages as you. This has happened throughout history. I'm sure there's a choice in that. <sighs> so you're like a crusader manager. You're not even crusader king anymore. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, and then we'll move on to artifacts and inventory. They brought, they're bringing back artifacts from CK2. You know, those little stuff that you put in the treasury and as well as equipable items, right? Artifacts and inventory, I mean, I told you uh, ad nauseum about the artifacts <laughs> I told you personally in my many of my past plays, where to be weapons or armor, crown jewels, bones of a saint or a, a hero. And these all and give you well, arbitrary, like, plus ones to whatever. Uh -huh. As well as religious-specific artifacts for Christians, Muslims, Zoroastrians, Indians, and Pagans and the like. Which, for some reason, it gives them bonuses. Or makes them feel good. <laughs> when I say makes them feel good, I mean health bonuses. Mm -hmm. So, and, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you all the artifacts that they'll be adding because it pretty much speaks for itself. They'll just bring it over and we know what the historical artifacts we were in those times that were important to them. This, again, seems like yet another thing from this game that was already in the previous game. And they decided to not have it in the sequel. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I see this, uh, image of an inventory screen. Like, just picture some RPG game. Where it says, here is your equipped inventory artifacts. 
here is your crown, here's your personal weapon, your personal armor, your regalia, and four trinkets. That's what you're allowed to have in your personal character. Cool, and if you ever did anything with all that equipment, it'd be great. But again, this is a game of sitting in court and saying, Oh, sorry, we can't speak English in this room. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and also, of course, you can also appoint a antiquarian minor title, which is the guy who takes good care to the artifacts, because each, every one of those artifacts has their own life cycles. Unless he becomes corrupt and you piss him off, and then he'll just, like, burn all your stupid artifacts. Or reduce its life of years, like one one example, such as this dagger that was belonged to some uh, Maharaja, where it says it's got 83 years left of his dagger's life. Till the magic runs out? <laughs> uh, of its uh, condition, there you go, condition. 83 years of its condition, until, until it becomes, for the lack of a better term, rusted. And then it becomes useless once it reaches year zero and it either becomes destroyed at your behest or you tell the antiquarians like, okay, I need you to pay this amount of money to have this fully repaired. Put it in a glass case. What's hard about this? And of course, those other artifacts that you can't equip to yourself personally, but you can have it for keeps. It's on display in your throne room when somebody visits the court and then you get this camera view, so to speak. Um, and you can see it's like... It's like, here, this is where I keep the Ark of the Covenant there. Don't ask where I found it. Mm -hmm. I have a T-Rex T -Rex skull. Yeah, and all of that. <laughs> and if and we mentioned in the previous podcast how to get artifacts, it's by inspired people, but also you can call for a smith to make them for you. And also, the it's not a court position as much as another, I guess, minor title, which is Adventurer, where send a a guy who is really skilled at just about everything, especially Marcel to go out on an adventure, have the, fund his expedition to for them to go to some place on a search for a legendary artifact or or if a lower chance something less than that. Yeah, the crystal skull, I got it. And they'll even during the game he'll give you updates. It's like, "Hey, greetings from Anatolia. That's where I'm at and I'm we still in search shit. of this artifact." Need more money. Yes, he'll even ask you to send money. <laughs> Which, again, it would be a lot useful if you're running a well-income kingdom, especially a large one, because, you know, position, again, maintenance of artifacts, it, appointing titles to other people, and uh, all the other things, that sounds like a lot of payment. Well, the natives are restless. Send more men so we can wipe them out. So yeah, that, those are the pretty much of the things that are coming up for the Royal Court DLC. It's, it's just the titles, artifacts, languages, and sending a guy out to an adventure. If only you were to go on an adventure yourself. I if used only to, they could do that for pilgrimages. I used to compare the when we first started talking about these various strategy and grand strategy games as like SimCity. But it's really not. Because in SimCity you could at least build shit. This is just... <laughs> it's just talking they're just talking and talking and talking yeah it's a mixture but not even that man because it's like because it's all it's all text it's just menus right like even if even in ck3 where they added all the fancy animations and whoops you accidentally showed your character's penis better black that out now they have a leaf like michelangelo's david statue in cartoons okay it's i always found that weird because the actual statue doesn't anyways 
but it, it's not like a graphically intensive game. It's just you know text. It's like okay, well you have a plus. Yeah, you one got the world diplomacy. map, huh? The world map and the text. I know, but that's not. It's not like in old strategy games used to play. Uh, the only one I always go back to because it's the one I have most vivid on my memory is like Rise of Nations, right? And Command and Conquer. Yeah, but I never paid attention to you playing those. Uh, Rise of Nations. It's like, okay, here's a little soldier man. And way over there, there's another soldier man. And you're going to move your tiny dude all the way over there. And then you're going to fire at each other. And at least that's combat. And it's, you know, Crusader Kings and you know, UE4 is just like, man, it's a lot of reading. Yeah, that's, that now it's just numbers and odds and advantages and all that during combat. Which is, I'm totally fine with if it's put in a system that's interesting, like an like a real RPG instead of this RPG light stuff. What what it needs really is just more window dressing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. You play, I don't want to say exclusively strategy games, but you play an inordinate amount of them in the last however many years. I genuinely stay away from that sort of thing because I find it dull. But if there's enough good window dressing around it, you could get me interested. I have played quite a few strategy games, you know, over these years. With RPG elements? Yes, that's part of it. But also the the setting and the system has to be not irritating. For example, I have uh, my Xbox over here has Game Pass on it. And so I just download whatever. I just play dumbass little indie games, sometimes for points, sometimes for, nah, let's check this out, see if it's any good. Sometimes you get really great games, sometimes you get good games, sometimes you get, wow, this was shit, I'm going to delete it immediately. Um, but there, there's, there are hidden gems in there, and I've played a few strategy games through that, too. One I've played was, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but Stellaris, mm-hmm. uh, from the same people, Paradox Interactive. This is like Crusader Kings in space or whatever, but not really. Sure. And I literally couldn't get through the tutorial because the tutorial didn't explain what the fuck to do. What you would think would be the point of the tutorial. And the only reason I got it is because it's like, okay, I hate strategy games, but this is sci-fi. I fucking love sci-fi. I prefer sci-fi more than I like, you know, fantasy worlds. For example, you know, I, I love the Elder Scrolls franchise, but I like Fallout more because it has guns. And there's no giant spiders. Just giant scorpions, which... Don't bother me that much. Um, but anyways, but Stellaris is boring as hell, and I couldn't play it. Uh, another example I've been playing fairly recently here is... Um, I'm going to get the name right, because the, these names are very long. Also on Game Pass was Warhammer 40,000 Battle Sector. The Warhammer universe is a long-storied history of space marines in the year 40,000 fighting orcs in space with guns, and is like... Oh, there's an emperor and there's an imperium and maybe it's an allegory for Nazis and I don't really give a shit. It's sci-fi. Dudes in big suits hitting ugly things, right? It's cool. It's like Gears of War without the angst. You've heard of this, at least. Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one, Battle Sector, is a strategy game that's turn-based and you're just like, okay, when you move your Space Marine here, you can do one of these three moves. It's like, okay, good. It's simple. I don't have to worry too much about numbers because while the numbers are there, it's like, Okay, this gives you a 30% chance to hit. I was like, oh, shoot him. See what happens. Well, I missed. Oh, well, we'll try next turn. Who cares? That's, to me, where the barrier is in that there's... Even you would say Crusader Kings 3 is not a simple game by any means. Well, they kind of simplified it as compared to 2. simplified. It's not a simple game. Not anyone can just pick up and play this, right? 
No, but since it's coming to the uh, next-gen consoles, I'm sure it'll be a challenge for them. Well, just, you know, keyboard inter or, uh, controller interface versus keyboard interface. It's not like, it's, again, not graphics-intensive. But my point being, in order for a strategy game to be interesting to me, it has to have a low barrier of entry. It has to be easy, is what I'm asking. Not easy to play, like all the enemies die in one hit, but easy to learn. Simple. Of like, okay, I'm going to take uh, this unit of space marines. They're going to move over here. They're going to shoot these Tyranids. Okay, now it's a Tyranid's turn. They run up to me and they go, and I do some damage. Okay, now it's my turn. And so it's like, this isn't a great example, but it's a chess based idea of turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. And I would much, much sooner play a turn-based strategy game than a real-time or a grand strategy game, because those are so fucking complicated. And yet, I still play Civilization for this day. I even bought that on Steam uh, two months ago, and I play that whenever I have free time, and, and as well as the use of the uh, mods that's been recently updated I like to play on. If they had, like... I know, I know, like, Civilization starts in Stone Age and goes to Space Age. Yeah. If, if they made a Civilization that started in Space Age and went to the future, maybe I'd be interested in that. Uh, they exist. What are they called? Well, um, on Civilization 4, I do recall that they, they have a mod that is dedicated to the uh, future era, so to speak. I know mods. That allows the colonization of space. One base game. Turn-based space game. If you find me that outside of Warhammer, because Warhammer makes a shit ton of these strategy games, like because that's the original tabletop game, right? You roll some mm -hmm. dice, and it's like, okay, I've got these units of Ultramarines, and they're going against your unit of Chaos Marines, and we roll some dice, and we move some figures on the on a big table. And so they transfer that to video games, which is a very simple interface. And sometimes they're like, okay, now here's a spinoff where it's a first-person shooter, or. Uh, a less involved strategy game or strategy game like uh, the the fuck are those called? The one that's not the Marines. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up. Cause it's gonna bug me. Oh, Necromundus, Necromunda, which is like Undercity, or sometimes third person shooter like Space Marine, and the all these spinoffs. But they also have Warhammer Fantasy, which is the same shit as it ever is everywhere else. There's guys with swords. Uh, in medieval times, and it's very dull. I don't find that interesting, because uh, medieval shit is boring to me. Give me space stuff. Anyways. That's what I want in the future. If I'm ever going to play a strategy game for real serious, it needs to be sci-fi, and it needs to be simple to understand. And a very good learning curve. A very, easy to get into. Yes, easy to get into. It doesn't need to be an easy game, necessarily, but it needs to say, okay, look... These four things, that's all you need. You don't need to know all this other bullshit. You don't worry about the right dice rolls. We'll handle that. You know, I want the game to do work for me so I can do the thing that I want most from games. Have fun. And speaking of the Game Pass, you only recently got this service uh, after however many years of owning an Xbox One. But what... First of all, I don't even remember why you did it. I think all oh, it was for Battlefield, right? 2042. Uh, what about Battlefield? Did you not hear the first sentence I said? No. What's the last thing you heard me say? You just uh, veered off a of Game Pass and you hesitated. And uh, 
Although, if you're going to be talking about Game Pass, I have a general. I mean, we did play briefly of Back for Blood, but that's just for achievements. Uh, no need to well, discuss that thoroughly. Um, okay. Uh, but, Why bring it up? But uh, also started playing uh, only because I saw m many of my friends are playing it, and I was in the party with friends. Not going to name names here, but um, I was kind of wait, 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 wait. I remembered. <laughs> you were trying to get the beta or the early access to Battlefield 2042. And it was on EA Access or EA Play or whatever they call it. And that came with Game Pass. And that's why you finally signed up for Game Pass. Yes, now I remember. Yes. Okay. Anyways, so you finally got the fucking thing. And you started playing what game? Uh, sea of Thieves. From Rare. They used to make interesting Nintendo 64 games. Now they just do this pirate thing. Who are they? The developers? Yeah, Rareware. My god, they're still around. Well, none of the people who worked there originally are still there, so technically. Yeah. So apparently that... I was about to say, how long has that game been around? Oh, a few years, maybe since 2015, I'm not sure. I, I never found it I mean, it looks like a 2015 game. Ouch. Um, but I'm not just I'm just saying it not to say that it offend anybody who plays it, including <laughs> myself. It's just I'm just saying what I got the impression of. I've seen a lot of videos on it over the years, and every single time it is looks like it's it's right up your alley because it looks like a pain in the ass to play. Mostly because other players will just fuck with you. Um, we never had those encounters back in. Yeah. I almost said back in my day, like I sound like, you know, friggin' old man. No, cut, just cut the word. It, it's a character I come up with an organ trail. Anyways. Okay, cutting all that. Uh, sea of Thieves. Um, started playing because my friends are playing, which they've played it before. It's just, it's just, I've been hearing, you know, hollering what the hell's going on over there, and I was kind of intrigued, so I had to... Downloaded that game in secret while I was in the party with him, and I played a tutorial and did all that. And this is not the kind of game you would have to play single. No, it kind of forces you to be with other people. It encourages. Ah, uh, forces. Because if you're gonna be, uh, like, say, uh, if you're gonna do it a, a solo and duo players, you sail around in a nibble sloop while players in the if you are three guys uh you could uh you i was about to say drive <laughs> you could sail on the uh the brigantine or a four a bigger man boat yes yeah and then the, or even a four-man galleon an even bigger boat yes um not to mention a lot more stuff inside <laughs> which is something of course not a single man could do all that and uh well, that's the other thing, because what you have to do is, like, I'm just going to say a bunch of words. You get to, like, raise the mizzen mast and top off the top sails and all that crap for a master and commander. Like, you actually have to do all the things on the boat. Yeah. That's why I said, no way you can do it solo. I mean, I once did, I even did it during a freaking tutorial, um, even post-tutorial bit, that I've Sailed around. I almost said drove again. Sailed around this sloop. Um, well, because, you know, the wheel. And, you know, where I just decide to... It's like, okay, I need to park, so to speak. 
um, at this pier. So I just turned this steering wheel, <laughs> whatever the fuck they call that wheel, <laughs> um, just drive it all the way, all the way left, and then you're, uh, you're such a you're such a nautical expert. <laughs> yeah, and then they just turn all the way to the left, or whatever is the, is it port or starboard, or is it whatever the. <laughs> Anyways, drove it to the left, and then uh, as soon as I let go of the wheel, as it's driving left, um, I'm just saying driving because it, I'm not using yeah. nautical terms anymore. Um, and then I adjust those sails all the way up, and then drop the anchor, and you get this picture of this um, ship doing a parallel parking job that I did, even though I crashed a bit of it, which did cause a little hole on it. Which the water was come pouring in. Oh yeah, and you have to go fix that. Yeah, and I fixed it myself. And the water that was still in that ship, well, grab a bucket and dump it outside. Don't dump it in any part of the ship. It's gonna seep its way back in to where it was. It's it's if you look at if you never, it's unlikely you've never heard of it. But if you've never heard of it, we're describing this ultra gritty realistic pirate game. But it's got the goofiest cartoony graphics you've ever seen. It looks like. It's Fortnite before Fortnite in terms of everyone's a big cartoon-looking character. Yeah. Despite the fact it sounded like a very realistic game, just what I described to you of this absurd. Well, the gameplay. The gameplay is realistic, and you have to worry about all the sailing crap. And not to mention, do you have to worry about all the sailing crap? You have to worry about pirates, in fact. Other players who may be in a group of, of, of uh, a raiding party, shall we say, who come over and fire cannon at you, and you're just fucked. Yeah, we, we fired back. Uh. And if it, when it comes to combat, you're not only equipped with a, a cutlass, but also a flintlock pistol and a scoped flintlock musket, even though it's got an accuracy of a rifle and not a musket, like we used to talk about from Hold Fast Nations at War. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's quite a thing. Um, and not to mention, if you want to heal your health, eat some food. That was either... Start off within the ship, even though you're only eating a banana at this point. Because, you know, you don't want to get scurvy. And, Obviously. And uh, each of the ships um, also has a uh, a frying pan. Where what I did was, during the free time as we were sailing along, um, where I went fishing. And uh, it takes a while, then the fish gets caught. And, of course, you do that little fighting thing. Kind of like how you do in Red Dead Redemption 2 fishing. If you've ever done that. Uh, only in that one mission where I had to fish with Baby Jack. And and as well as with Dutch and uh, Hosea, that little boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did a bit of fishing there, where once you got your fish in hand, you take it to the frying pan, and then you cook it, and let it cook for a while. I had one of my friends one time overcooked it. The, sh- the fish was on fire, and then the ship caught fire, and we had to put it out with water. Never leave it another unattended. Thing, another thing that I've never, I've never played this game. I've never downloaded it. First of all, it's a very large file size. Um, I, like I, said, I mentioned before, I've seen videos. The videos I've seen where every single time the guy's like, "Okay, what do I do in this game?" I go get a quest from some dude. Okay, what does the dude want? He wants four chickens. Okay, where are the chickens? Uh, also, that would be the specific color. Okay, so you have to bring him back four chickens of a specific color. And he gives you, like, I don't know, 50 bucks, doubloons, whatever the currency is. And you got to sail all the way, damn way around the world, worrying about all these little silly things that go wrong with your ship and other players. And it's like, man, none of this and sounds fun parts. at all. But so many people play it still. It's got a huge community. 
Well, it's an open world game. Everybody loves open world open games. Open sea game. It's an open sea game that just looks so unfun. <laughs> and and uh, and a reason why I had so much fun with that is because the absurdness of how realistic well, this and, is. And you were with other people. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just more the merrier, as the old saying goes. And of course, the way to make money is to complete the deliveries, because as you know, these voyages are offered by you know these trading companies such as the Gold Hoarders, the Order of Souls, and the Merchant Alliance. I only did a Merchant Alliance. Yeah. So, is it fun? <laughs> well, if you're with other people, then yes. But um, if you had three, um, as in like you and two other guys, kinda two is a bit of a hassle. But doing all by yourself. Oh, you're going to get yourself bored and you're going to do something rather reckless, like that parallel parking thing, like I did. Which, by the way, I did get an achievement for that. Not because of that, it's just something that I did with the whole t turn all the way to a certain direction while dropping the anchor at the same time. It was a little achievement. I, I did it by complete accident. So I really like Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Rogue. And the few sailing missions you do have in Assassin's Creed 3. And that's it for my pirate life. I don't need any more. Mm-hmm. I don't know any pirate shanties myself. Oh, I know a bunch from those three games, but I'm not singing them here. And, and yes, uh, you can play instruments to pass the time in addition to fishing and all that. You, like, you can play a little accordion or a flute or a banjo. Yes, there's a pirate banjo. And all that. I mean, I mean, I could talk more details, but honestly, I have not played that game enough. I only played, like, twice... But I know good enough of it to the point where... Well, you're going to be doing the same thing over and over, let's be real. Whenever that time comes, whenever we get into a party together, I'll be downright to it. I mentioned briefly that you've been... I don't know if we talked about last time. When did you say we did this? October? Yes, October. Had you played Battlefield by then? Or just the beta? The, the Battlefield full game? Yeah. Yes, I've uh, played the full game since... Oh... Like, I recall, wasn't there a little early access thing that wasn't beta? Yeah, that was the thing we were trying to get with Game Pass. Oh, yeah, right. 10 hours. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did pl did not use up all the 10 hours. I just did what I could. Anyways, you bought the game, and you've been playing it. Is it still a broken fucking mess? Uh, I would say sort of. Uh, mostly the glitchiness of, what the hell is that vehicle doing there and all that, and... Why is that guy ragdolling looking funny? Could be argued that that's the charm, quote-unquote, of Battlefield. Yeah, including a guy's neck looks all stretched out like it's like, yep, his neck is broken, but he's got it stretched out to an S shape. <laughs> if it's going through the wall, of course. <laughs> I played a little bit, again, for... a Game Pass, not to get too far into it, has this thing called quests where you need to accomplish certain objectives or play a certain game for points so you can redeem for real money, well, equivalent real money to buy things, blah, blah, blah. So I, I did play Battlefield 2042 myself. I played three matches. Now, during the second match, I didn't actually play because my character loaded in without a loadout and I couldn't change anything. What? So all I had was my assault rifle and that's it. That's a glitch. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I came back the third time. I, I did say, you know what? 
Another weird thing is during that third game, I had like a 12-player kill streak with, if you know anything about me over, if you, heaven forbid, you've listened to the last 50 episodes. I'm not terribly good at online games, uh, especially shooters. So the specifics of what happened is it's a night map, and I'm standing, I think, relatively out in the open, and the enemy is just running past me, and they don't see me. And I'm just mowing them down. And nobody's reviving anyone. He didn't even have and a suppressor. No and nobody's noticing me at all. I'm so I'm confused that I'm getting this incredible streak. And I referenced this earlier later to Rob, and he's like, "Yeah, well, they probably just didn't see you, because Rob, I don't know if you're listening, but loves. I have to say, loves Battlefield. I have to, because he plays it all the time. Now, if you listen to him, it doesn't sound like he loves it, but he must, otherwise he wouldn't put so much time into it." He's just passionate about it. I guess. But, man, every time it doesn't sound like he's having fun. But you sure he's playing it a lot. I don't know. Even I get stressful sometimes. Mostly at my own uh, shortcomings. I don't blame the enemy. I blame myself very often. Uh, like if I'm trying to do some little fancy stunt and I'm like, Oh, that would have looked cool and all that. Oh, well. I know, but I don't even want to get to that point. You know, it's like I don't... I have enough frustration in my life. I'm a very easily frustrated guy. So I want to avoid games which are supposed to be fucking fun. That might be the title of this episode. Games are supposed to be fucking fun. Uh, it's supposed to be fun, so I don't need extra stress of, like, facing off another human person. It's one thing to beat a computer at something. It's another thing entirely to beat a human person on the other end of the internet skyways there. In Bangladesh, or wherever the fuck he's playing it from, and probably China who's very good at the game, and I'm not, because I don't have the time or patience to put into it. <laughs> That's Battlefield. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, like any time that I play a Battlefield, I have a tendency to suspense my disbelief. Like, as in, I'm, I'm my own character, so to speak, when I do these matches, especially when I play with my own, rather than with friends. I'm my own man. Uh, not saying trying to be a team player or anything. I mean, sometimes it's a team player if we're with a really good squad. But if I'm ventured off doing some little silly adventure of going behind enemy lines just to kill a few enemies there, I'm having a time of my life for whatever reason. I know, but at that point, you're like making a game within a game. You're making your own fun. Yeah, it's just I have this imaginative creativity. Frankly, I think that's all the time Battlefield deserves. So, speaking of imaginative creativity, your GTA series... Series? Yeah, uh, GTA 5, uh, well, it is a long-running game. It might as well be considered a series with its DLCs. I know, but your series in terms of, like, video content. Yeah, because la last time we were here, you said you didn't yeah. think you'd get to 100. Yeah, it was 117 was the last estimated number. What are we at now? Um, 112. No, no, no. Uh, 122. So is this one of those situations where you don't want to stop making these, or you don't think about it until you do? It is 122. Um, the situation, it's more of, um, this last thing that I did was quite possibly the greatest, uh, GTA 5 Black Widow video I've ever done. Because, uh, not only it was, it was also the longest. It was about 40 minutes long. It was that Kyle Perico heist, which I described it very briefly on another podcast from last year. 
It's it's a very involved thing that's supposed to be with four, three other people at least. Yeah, but I did it uh, solo, and uh, and I basically really turned into a whole, you know, made it look like a believable story. It felt mm. more like a story than a mission. Again, because of the editing tools that Rockstar gives you in the game. Yes. Huh. Especially with the changing scenarios uh, during the said mission. Because, I mean, do you want me to give the premise of the whole thing? Because No. <laughs> you, you it, it's a heist. You've described a heist before. Yeah, but, if, but I think it would be very much impressive if you were to watch it yourself. If you have, like, 40 minutes of free time. It, it's, it's an effort for me to watch anything, you know. Yeah. Which, again, it's pretty compelling. If you do say so yourself. Yes. So again, it's 122 videos on that whole playlist, and and I felt that this last one I did was basically my magnum opus. Um, and I feel that if I were to produce any more videos, it's going to need to wait a couple of months, take a hiatus. You said this last time. Did I mention this? The very last podcast we said. You're like, oh, I'm at 80, and I think I'm going to have to take a hiatus here. And then you made more. All it needs is some inspiration. Hmm. And a kick in the whatever. You can say ass. We're an M-rated show. Um, do you want to transition to... I'll edit this if necessary. Do you want to transition to adventures here or do you have something the, else? The, hmm? Did you want to talk about the contract DLC very briefly? Oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, you may have to switch that around. In terms of what will transition to the next game. Yeah, that... That GTA 5 came out with the newest DLC, and that game's been around for about eight years now. It was on. It was on the last generation. Technically, it was on two generations ago at this point. Yeah, 360. If we're talking Xbox sense, because that's my only mm-hmm. understandable. And you and um, and then many people asked for a single-player DLC, and this is the closest one you're ever going to get, because if you choose one of the guys that's from the story mode, talking about Franklin. Yeah, fr- fr- Franklin Clinton, uh, which again, you've never even, in all the years you've owned this game, you've never even bothered to play the story mode. I may finally start playing the story mode on next-gen GTA. Hmm. Keyword may. <laughs> so, it so in that DLC, uh, they added some new content, um, mostly missions and jobs that they'll give you because they have what they call a celebrity solutions agency. It's a, so like when there's scandal, the PR department? I don't know, but there's two separate contracts. One is security contracts, such as you do missions like... Uh, Liquidate assets where you locate and destroy their equipment as requested by the client or go recover a client's stolen vehicle or this one which was the very first mission I did that was given to me at random because I decided to call Franklin on the phone just to request a job any job and he gave me gang termination which is to eliminate senior gang members as requested by the client holy crap it was a huge pain in the ass for that particular mission. I know, but you're basically doing the same thing as you did previously. It's just for different people, which is really Grand Theft Auto in a fucking nutshell. Yeah, so yeah, those are some examples of security constructs. I'm sure there's more coming up when I play more of this. There's also 
VIP contracts, which I haven't done one yet. I just did one mission and it's like, okay, I'm done. I'll come back to it some other day. Because that requires a lot of time and input, as of most things. Um, and uh, this VIP contract, as Franklin actually told me over the phone, um, it says, hey, you should meet this uh, VIP. He's at the, the golf club. He's at the course. You know, they'd be playing that boring-ass game and all that. <laughs> His own words, not mine. <laughs> so, whatever that may be, it's probably a little meeting or an escort to take him from this one place to another, just like this one casino mission I did with it's like now I gotta drive this car but I have to drive this limousine oh and don't drive too fast and don't crash it drive like how a real limo driver should drive so fun <laughs> yeah and they added three new weapons in this uh, DLC um, I mean, besides the clothing and the cars which is always always happens there's a billion of them yeah uh, Three new weapons include a heavy rifle, which is another assault rifle type weapon. And and another is a stun gun, which is a taser. I did test it on an NPC once. Just some guy off the street to see how it goes. Like, you just shoot it. Oh, guy goes down, but he ain't dead yet. Uh, until, I mean, yes, sir, weapon does that was have to charge up. Yeah, the weapon has to charge up. And, and as for that NPC... For some reason, he ain't getting up. He's not dead. He's just knocked the fuck out. Anytime there's new GTA content of any kind, which is like three times a month, you get assholes on Twitter complaining about, oh, when's GTA 6? We don't want none of this. We want GTA 6. And it's like, first of all, that's years away. Secondly, if you want new Grand Theft Auto content, you have to stop buying old Grand Theft Auto content. Do you know why they've been producing GTA Online stuff for 10 years? Because people keep buying money. They buy the fucking shark cards from Cousin Brucey. And this makes it prints money. It's like Epic and Fortnite. They don't need to do anything else than do the same stuff they've been doing. They don't need to innovate at all if you people just keep spending money on the thing. Now, you've never bought a shark card, right? You've earned all your money legitimately, legitimate criminal enterprise. Yeah, through all hard work and dedication. Even though it's kind of lessened these days. Not because of other games, it's just, um... Well, let's just say there's been some changes of how you enter solo lobbies. Um, there's... You gotta... You can't use your trick that you used to do to do all the jobs easier, yeah. No. It just... It requires a lot more steps, and it's too hard to memorize. Um... Uh, and also, finally, the one more weapon forgot to mention here. EMP launcher. Which is basically, it works like the compact grenade launcher, except it disables vehicles for a short period of time. It's, it, like, to me, it's like, I can see that weapon being used a lot during uh, the regular heists, the old heists, where, especially that final heist, where, imagine you're on the motorcycle and there's these thousands of cop cars coming after you. And then you shoot back with your EMP launcher, uh, especially if you're on a motorcycle. You shoot the EMP, and then it stops them dead for a good couple of seconds before it gets up and running again for you to get away. A good getaway weapon, so to speak. I guess. <laughs> Haven't tested on an aircraft. That one's going to have to catch the round in order to make that happen. It doesn't go off like an airburst. It's impact I assume only. not. Yeah, it's not a fucking golden eye. So that's pretty much it about this particular DLC, which I'll be sure to put more time in whenever I'm bored. Tangentially speaking about Black Widow and also Game Pass, 
Uh, you, another for another inexplicable reason, decided because it's on Game Pass to download the Marvel's Avengers game from Square Enix. It came out uh, last year. I originally I thought it was in 2019, but I guess I was wrong. Wasn't it last year? Am I insane? Uh, whenever the hell it came out, I played it on both consoles. I had, because I'm a, I think we've mentioned before, I'm a very big Marvel fan from a very long time ago. Um, while I had my share of fun with it, I was kind, I'm kind of done with it. On the PlayStation version, I 100%ed. I did literally everything you can do in the game, and I was like, I don't. This was right like a week. I platinumed it one week before they released the Black Panther DLC, which I knew was going to add the file size, which is the other thing. So you're out of there at that time. The, the game is huge. It is over 100 gigabytes easy, plus whatever updates they've added since I've stopped playing. When I last played, it was like 120, so it's got to be in the stratosphere by now. And they keep adding more characters and missions and stuff so the file size just keeps going up and up and up and it's like i i'm having to defend the game because i like the properties but the actual game is just like fuck this doesn't need to be this huge you guys have got to learn how to shrink your file size down texture bump mapping i don't know what it is i'm not a game dev but i play them a lot i play so many of them that i don't have room for fake huge games so when you told me i was like oh i downloaded marvel's Avengers, i was like how do you have room for that? And that was months ago, and I haven't really started playing until a little bit in November, and until nowadays. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. As soon as you got ago. Game Pass, you're like, okay, I'm going to download five games and then not play any of them. Uh, well, sometimes just get on it, and it's like, hey, the daily pass tells you, hey, play this game, play this game, play this game, and then that's you'll true. get them. I just log in, that's it. And sometimes pick up those little um, weekly free consumables. How far are you in Avengers? As far, uh, in context, just the first campaign, I would say about 20%. So you've done nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I just uh, basically only played as yeah. Miss Marvel and uh, Hulk. The, the story mode, I will say, is actually a pretty good story, all things considered. They, they All the writing and everything? Yeah, they kind of force you, I don't want to force is the wrong word, but they kind of force you to play as every character, right? You unlock new ones as you go throughout the campaign, and they auto-switch you to them, so you get a feel for how they play. And for the most part, they all do play fairly differently. I mean, it's another game where you really do the same thing over and over. You you find a, a robot or a name trooper, and you beat the shit out of them, and maybe kill them. Eh, probably kill them. Uh, and then you go into the next one, and then you beat a bigger dude or a bigger robot. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing over and over, but it's a good same thing over and over because you know it's a superhero fiction you know what do they do but beat the shit out of bad guys now you can say that that repetition can be a negative and i understand that totally but i think that term you're looking for is replayability i guess especially if you like want to i didn't max out every character i think i maxed out two of them but if you want to like if you get good gear drops, which is the other major negative people have, is like gear drops. It's like, oh, here's a box. Open it. Okay, it's got a slight. It gives you slightly more health, but now your punches are weaker. It's like, well, fuck. Well, uh, what I have on right now gives me less health, but my punches are stronger. And this is in a lot of video games. But I think this is a problem. This is going to be a, a weird comparison, but don't make sense. Assassin's Creed. When they switched over to their more RPG format in Origins and Odyssey, 
especially Odyssey. Odyssey gave you a new weapon or new armor part every two minutes. You pick one off a corpse, you'd walk into a place, you'd open up a chest, you'd find it on the ground. People would literally just, for quest rewards, you get new armor all the damn time. Constantly. And it's actually really annoying. Because you have to go to your menu and it's like, okay, is this better? Is it worse? If I dismantle it, do I sell it? And in Valhalla, luckily they figured that out where they give you very little gear and it's sparse. It's more sparse. Avengers makes the mistake of giving you too much gear all the goddamn time. You're constantly getting new gear. And because you have six or eight characters, nine, uh, it's like, okay, you got a new wrist launcher for Black Widow. Okay, now you got new boots for Iron Man. Okay, now you got a new hammer for Thor. It's like, oh, you got to compare all these annoying numbers. And it's like, man, it would be so much more simple if there weren't so much gear in this stupid game. They kind of simplified it recently, especially the resources from the last updates ever since you were out That's of nothing. there. There's like 20 different resources in this fucking game. Yeah, they've narrowed it down to like um, two to four for me. That's what it said no. on the tooltips anyhow. That's fine. I, that's better because I, I played it at launch. I got this thing at launch. when it, get, it wasn't broken per se, but it was very glitchy and buggy. But that's, you know, modern gaming. These games are so gigantic, and they've got so many things running in the background that, you know, unless you delay it for years and years, and Avengers was delayed, you're gonna have, you're gonna have things that the developers can't foresee. You know, they can't guess every single bug. They can do their hardest to work out them, but games are gonna be hollow with bugs, and there's so much complaining. Avengers had real negative feedback of the last few years, and. It's like, well, what do you want? At least they're fixing it. It could be like EA with Anthem where it was broken and they decided, well, we're not going to fix it. So, Shut bye. It. We're done supporting this game. I think it's better for them to constantly be fixing rather than abandoning. Like, I know I've mentioned this before. Cyberpunk 2077 is one of the best games I've played in years. But I won't pretend that game doesn't have its own technical flaws. But... CDPR is working to fix it. You know, it's so much better than just saying, eh, we got your money, fuck them. So, you know, Avengers, is, they keep adding new characters and the file size gets bigger, but damn it, they're supporting the game. They are continuing to work on it, and that's good, they ultimately. They put a lot of money into that. That's also true, and they've lost a lot of money. And one of the reasons they've lost a lot of money is a very stupid-ass deal with Sony. So you're playing the Xbox version, right? Yes, the Xbox version, which, again, you've mentioned about the number of characters, which yes. it did, you are correct, it is nine with, you know, Black Panther being most recent, although I do see an empty slot there that's, you know, in the open, and you, where you could see the background there of that little missing slot, so I'm sure they'll add another on that version, at least. Well, if you're on the Xbox, you'll never get to play as Spider-Man in that game, because they made a, Square Enix, who publishes the game, made a deal with Sony that only the PlayStation 4 and 5 versions of this game can have Spider-Man the character in it, because Sony, technically, not Marvel, owns the publishing rights to the character of Spider-Man. Even on PC, you can't get him. So while you have, you know, your standard Avengers, let's not name them all, plus they've added, you know, two archers and Black Panther, Spider-Man is locked behind Sony consoles. Huh? Hawkeye wasn't in the original, um, whatchamacallit, the base game? No, the first major the first major DLC was Kate Bishop, then Hawkeye. Oh. Then Black Panther, then Spider Man, but only if you're on PlayStation Four or Five. And there's obviously no crossplay, so you can't dare have Spider Man on Xbox. The really fucking dumb thing about this 
is this like in the last month they've added spider-man to fortnite i don't know if you've ever heard of this game and that can be played fucking anywhere and sony has no problem having spider-man over on the xbox consoles there but heaven forbid they put him in the goddamn avengers game where it would be fine it's ridiculous so I, everyone knew that going into it square enix announced ahead before the game ever released oh we're gonna put spider-man in this game but he's only gonna be on the playstation everybody who didn't get a playstation or wasn't going to was annoyed at this so it suffered in sales so yeah they lost a shitload of money just based on character locking just dumb i have no idea why even one time i saw a community challenge which went like whenever i got on marvel's avengers um and the main menu on the top right of the screen i even saw the yeah beat the up huge, x number of bots or whatever yeah, yeah that one uh, the last one they did did not reach the goal that happens sometimes they set unrealistic goals well that depends also i've seen like the higher level enemies it's like if it's xos or whatever the big robots are called with the they look like big crabs i can't remember what they're called haven't encountered them well you will are you uh, let's get aside all my negatives i've already beaten the game i don't know if i'll ever play it again especially it's very large file size i might because I, I am interested in the content you know the black panther and spider-man stuff but file size is really what keeps me up and more so than the glitches more so than the gear drops more so than the resources it's like this is a big file size this is a this is a huge banana and this is all new to me are you having fun huh. the hell of it all i said well since i'm enjoying the game since, since i haven't played all the characters yet so i would say um for now yeah i'm having fun getting a real hang of it uh it's just just a learning curve and and actually remind myself it's like oh i'm supposed to do that thing yeah i had those times but you gotta learn from it. <laughs> and all this is another game. You can't play the campaign mission with other people. Most of the uh, missions. Uh, the, this first some, one? some missions you can play with friends, and then I assume it's gonna be better with that. Yeah, and that's why I thought about doing that one day. I might, but it would need. It needs to come down in size. I've got look. I've got Forza, which is over 120 gigs. I've got Cyberpunk, which is over 100 gigs. I've got. Another game that I don't need to talk about that has like 80 gigs. Uh, when I last had Metro Exodus on there, it was 80 gigs. Uh, fucking Shadow of War is 70-something. These games are huge. And you're like, well, Loki, why don't you just pick a game and finish it? And I'm like, well, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what else regarding this uh, game? Um, it's like, is there a character that you... Uh, it's like, It's like, yeah, you've load up everybody even some to the max is there i mean i was about to say is is there one that you prefer like like do you have a favorite but i recall you told me personally it's more personal preference than anything else it really is depending on how you like to fun like if you i never got my lowest level character was iron man i just didn't like the flying oh so yeah that that i could not get the hang of it. even i did that little the last thing i did before i got off that night was that little harm training with uh iron man uh playing as iron man you know yeah that little thing there they yeah, that flying thing that kind of threw me off i'm like not happening well when thor uses the same system when you get him so it's the exact same thing different powers obviously but and the hammer is actually pretty good because it comes back but uh oh yeah the boomerang the flying system is so counterintuitive you're like, I didn't like the flying. Like, hovering is fine. Flying sucks. Yeah, just fly, hover, fly, hover. Like, especially if you're into this sort of thing. Yeah, because the maps, some of the maps when you go on these missions, I don't know, drop zones or whatever they're called, are gigantic. So you got to 
doing a lot of walking or a lot of jumping or a lot of flying. I think towards the end, you have to do what are known as hive missions, which are basically like gauntlets. It's room after room after room. And to 100% the game, you had to do 50 of them, which is an a fucking absurd number. But I did it. And at the at, near the end, I was just like speed running it with, I maxed out Black Widow because that's the, those are the drops I got. And she runs very fast and you just use the dual guns and just, and just run, 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 run. Go through the thing. I was doing the hives in like 10 minutes each. But uh, it's a very, it's a grindy game. The game wants you to spend time in it, which is why it gives you, it just drip feeds you constantly. But it's not like it's, it doesn't give you a lot. It gives you a little bit all the time. And that's their idea of how to keep them. Keep you playing the game. Yeah, no, Live service game. Yeah, and I'm that kind of person that likes doing that. I, I can be too, but... Man. Only to a degree. Then I hit my degree. I'm not saying I'll never go back. I probably will. It's very likely I will. Yeah, especially when well, they'll add more characters. I mean, But that's not... Like, again, but that's not because I like the game. It's because I like Marvel as a property. It's like there have been leaks when before the game came out. Some data miners as like... Uh, all the maybe the fan four. I don't know if fan four were in there, but Doctor Strange for sure, and a bunch of other fuckers in the Marvel universe. And it's like, I don't think any of the X Men are technically legally allowed to be in there. And Guardians of the Galaxy got their own game this year, which is very good, by the way. Um, and I think like Daredevil and some other schmoes are supposed to be there. <laughs> so keep it up like that, and it'll turn into a, a brand new version of a uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Yes, except Marvel Ultimate Alliance is an RPG that has tiny characters and a small file size. As I was saying, they keep adding new characters and new places. Like, you can go to Wakanda now. It's gigantic. But, uh, you know, it, honest to God, I would be playing it now if it weren't 120, 130 gigs. I would. Speaking of long, this show, everything uh, else. Yeah, but uh, the one final question, uh, which... Is something that some of these games of what they all have in common is that they all got, like on upon their release, they would have some issues and other that, and some were delayed a bit, and, and yet issues the... still come up. And the question I ask now is, should upcoming games be delayed to be more developed to run better, or for the lack of a better term? I think every single game we've talked about today had some technical problem, right? Yeah. Damn near. As I tried to say earlier, it's like, Developers can't anticipate pro every single problem. You know, for a glitch to be fixed, it has to be repeatable. So let's say you had a weird glitch in Battlefield, right? Yeah. So unless other people also have that same glitch, it's not something that can be fixed. It's just a one-time, well, that's weird, and sort of goes to the machine style thing. But if there are technical problems that multitudes of people are experiencing, then it's a fixable issue because it's the same issue. So it's not like dev like developers are purposefully putting out buggy games. People, assholes on Twitter seem to think this is the case all day long. EA and Activision is like, oh, they just put out a buggy game and expect the players to fix it. It's like, no, they put out the game that they have allotted time for and they reserve the release date for. And if they move that release date, by the way, they lose the, uh, the investors lose money on their return. And investors don't like losing money on their return. So it is investor to publisher and then developer. But nobody bitches at the investors or publishers. They bitch at the developers. 
because they're the ones who actually fix the problems that are happening post-release. So should a game be delayed to fix all the problems? In an ideal world, yes, but it is impossible to fix all the problems. When you and I, well, not about you, but when I first started gaming on the Genesis, it's like, okay, if this game is buggy, too bad, fucko. There's literally nothing that can be done about it because the internet didn't exist to everyone. Now it's, it's like, just okay. the way it is. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. Well, Avengers tried to do this thing where you pay for, not only pay for cosmetics, but you pay for resources. And people are bitched and bitched all day long. And they say, all right, fine, we won't do that. But how the fuck else are they going to recoup their losses from so many people being mad that the game was buggy? It's like, it, it's a business. It, video games used to be a hobby and now are a serious business that makes money and needs to make money to continue going. And uh, Rockstar has found out how to exploit this by releasing shark cards for money, for content, and it's a cycle. Epic has figured this out with Fortnite by releasing new skins for your Duplo-looking idiot and constantly changing the map in your dumbass battle royal game from children. Xbox, technically, technically Microsoft, has figured this out in Minecraft while doing the same stupid shit to your blocky little idiot. So it is each publisher and developer least publisher really to try to i don't want to say exploit but figure out a way to keep their game going and if you don't want a game to keep going you can stop playing it but you can't make everyone stop playing it uh, they're going to release buggy games not on purpose but because they need to be released and if we're lucky they'll be fixed and if we're unlucky they won't be they'll lose enough money to shut the studio down which is what sony loves to do but no, to answer, I'm on a very long rant here, but to answer your question, it can't be. It can't be forever delayed to fix everything because you can't fix everything. Does that answer your question in the longest way possible? I guess you nailed it on the head there. It's something I'm very passionate about. I've, I've, the last few years, especially with like, especially Avengers and Cyberpunk, I've been the champion of these two games so hard. But, uh, but because I like the content, you know, these things are supposed to be fun. And yeah, there are glitches and yeah, you know, technical problems and yeah, resources, blah, 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 file size. But they're supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy our time with them. And that to me outweighs so much bullshit that I will forgive a lot of technical problems. I won't forgive it in something like Battlefield where the content isn't something I enjoy. So if I see a graphical problem or a major glitch, it's like, oh, you fuckos. But, like, Cyberpunk is like, oh, that guy walked through the wall. Eh, whatever. What do I give a shit? That's not what the game is about. Oh, no, this grass texture doesn't move realistically when I walk through it. Oh, wait, I'm not playing Grass Texture Simulator 2021. Ridiculous. This is our last show of the year, so what would you say the best game you played this year is? Oh, my personal game of the year. Yeah, we used to do these all the time. We used to do, me and the other two guys, do countdown lists of worst games of the year and best games of the year, but, you know, that was when they played a lot more. Well, I still play everything. Well, how do you, well, what do you think for yourself? Like, what's your uh, game of the year? I had, technically, technically still Cyberpunk, I had, I'm going to say Deathloop from Bethesda, Arcane. Um, it's going to take way too much context for you to understand what the game is, but Deathloop. Mm-hmm. For me. 
Did you play any games that came out in 2021? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Um, did I mean it, it? Otherwise, it would be cheating just to mention some old game from a year or two ago. Nah, eh, it's it's whatever most fun you had this year. Go ahead. Most uh, fun or entertained and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think uh, I know it's obviously going to be one of those grand strategy games, but if I was to go on the uh, council here, it would probably be one of those. Um... Fuck, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, um... well, we used to give the guys a lot of leeway to do or days ahead of time to come up with the list. But uh, the list so much isn't isn't so much important as it is. You know who gets fun? Like who gives a shit about the game awards? Fuck the game awards. Fuck Jeff Keighley. Fuck IGN, GameSpot, all those fuckers. Fuck them all. The game, the best game you play of the year is up to you personally, ultimately, and it always will be. No matter how old it is. And no matter how bad it is, too. You know? It's like, if you had said Battlefield, I'd be like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's fine. I, because I, well, I thought about saying it, but is it really come down to despite the, the least amount of time you spent on it? Whatever. It's the most amount of fun. Time spent isn't, like... I understand these things are 60 and soon to be, if Sony has their way, $70. But the price isn't so much important as your enjoyment out of it is. If you pay $70 for something that lasts five hours and you had fun with it, great. If you paid $60 for something that lasts 50 hours and you hated every second of it, eh, that's not so great. So the monetary value isn't as important as the fun value. And you can't really value that. You can't put a, you can't put a price on fun. Yeah, much like I told you, I had a lot of fun with Sea of Thieves for an absurd reason. Yeah, and, I and that had, game looks miserable to me. I would never touch that. And I had fun with Battlefield only because I make my own fun and come up yeah. with my own little thing. Because I can suspense my disbelief. Well, then that's that's what matters. I'll say for the 18th time today, these things are supposed to be fun. Yeah, and uh, finally, uh, yes, getting a real hang of the Avengers and... Yeah, it does become a little bit of fun when you beat up bad guys, wave after wave of them. Especially more so when I start playing all the other ones. All the other characters. With their own... I'm not, I'm not saying no to you and I playing it, but if you're like, hey, let's get on Elder Scrolls Online, which we played recently again, mm -hmm. I'd be like, sure, I've already got it, let's do a thing. And if you're like, help me with this Avengers thing, I'm like, fuck, what do I have to delete so I can download this game again? <laughs> If there's something that's, uh, gee, I don't know, maybe a daily quest on the Game Pass. Yeah, I know, but that's probably it. But the, the, the idea is, like, I finished, on the Xbox version, I finished the main campaign and did some of I did some of Hawkeye's thing before I stopped, but I didn't do any of the Black Panther stuff. And you're way the hell behind in the campaign, so much so that you don't even have a third hero yet. Um, yeah, but um, let's just Man. say I'm at a point where I'm about to meet Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yeah. And so that that's really far away. So maybe when you so, finish the game. So eventually down the line, it's like eventually get to Thor, Black Widow, and uh, everybody else. And that's the reason why <laughs> on the main menu screen, so to speak... I see Hulk, Miss Marvel, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Black Panther on there. Yeah, because they're DLC. You could play them in the operations mode, which is post-game missions where you just go up to a place, beat up guys, go to a place and destroy a thing, go to a place and stand there. 
but uh, that's 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 that game. Uh, what's coming up on your channel? Yeah, wrap this up. What's coming up on my channel is um, obviously the two ongoing uh, CK2 series as we mentioned before, the Republic of Amalfi and uh, Sogdia, which I believe those two series will continue into the month of January and we'll likely have to put an end to it um, right before the month of February comes around in order to prepare for the DLC, the Royal Court DLC to finally be released um, after they delayed it for their reason, just to do their best to fix their whatever issues that they may come up because they do not want to have another scrutiny like they did with an EU4 DLC. Well, that's because they charge an insubordinate amount of money, so as long as they don't charge as much money, I think people won't be as upset. So yeah, that's why they've uh, learned their lesson, they decided to delay it. And the reaction from the people was, it's like, okay, we understand, so applaud. We understand your concern. <laughs> Let's revisit this applause in February. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Considering uh, our schedule, it might be another two months before we have another show. Or, uh, or possibly, if we don't get another winter storm in February, that is. Let's not think about that. It's expected to be a warmer winter this time. Hey, well, you know what thing we don't literally need to be talking about? The fucking weather. Uh, thank you for listening, for tolerating this, like, gigantic size episode. I think this is the longest one you and I have done. Uh, it, they are end of the year extravaganza, that's why. Uh, the best game of the year is Deathloop and also Battlefield. Why fucking not? Or Avengers, uh, maybe, by technicality of how I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Tell if we're going by technicalities, then it's cyberpunk for me. Um, the worst game is probably some indie piece of shit that I got on Game Pass that I didn't even pay attention to. Who cares? Uh, I am on Twitter, at Loki Jarson. Uh, he is on YouTube. It's not at, but youtube.com slash Lord Master with a zero. O is a zero, and the ER is an A. It makes more sense when you type it out. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you very much. It's been... It's been great speaking with you. Even though we see each other every day, but I'm talking to him. You know what I mean? Another thing we don't need to talk about on air. Terrific. Uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye.